0: Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech.
1: When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.
2: Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants. It's time to Hemp resent. Our radio resident Hemposapien, Vivian McPeak, will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to hemp present about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak.
1: Present the weekly radio show where you can get your PhD in CAC because you don't just want to burn it—you want to learn it. Seeking to defeat Prohibition one interview at a time and advocating for the plant, the whole plant, and nothing but the plant. Join me for a weekly reefer radio rebellion against Prohibition as I speak with some of the principal risk-takers, movers, and shakers, and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement. I'm your host, Vivian McPeak. I am the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, Seattle HempFest, celebrating its 25th year, founded at HempFest.org. I'm also the author of the book, Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle HempFest from AHA Public. Also found at hempvest.org. Transmitting from a hempcrete fortified bunker under a ramshackle reefer radio warren at an undisclosed location deep within the rumbling bowels of underground Seattle, my goal is to spread the green flame of 420 Tooth in 30 minute increments. Today's guest on Hemp Present is John Vergados, owner and editor of Skunk Magazine out of Canada, who will be with me in about one minute. In an unprecedented globally coordinated campaign of persecution and scorched earth enforcement policies, Prohibition has destroyed lives on every continent, while supply and demand remains as strong as ever. Cannabis enthusiasts have been tracked down, profiled, infiltrated, arrested, prosecuted, and incarcerated by the millions in a state-sanctioned campaign of domestic terror. People engaged in the use, production, sale, or simply in possession of the green leafy herb have been treated as dangerous criminals, often treated equally to violent offenders. But after the most powerful governments on earth have spent billions and billions of dollars and have locked up millions of citizens in jails and prisons, the cannabis community is stronger and larger and more resilient than ever. Our beautiful, often spiritual, creative, artistic, tolerant, and peaceful global community has only been strengthened by prohibition. Of course, in large part, the cannabis culture was created and defined by prohibition. If prohibition never happened, the pot leaf would never have been a symbol of the 60s counterculture. There would never have been a Cheech and Chong, and cannabis radio might not exist. Oppression breeds resistance. Resistance brings awareness, and awareness brings about change and generates social conditions. Throughout history of pop prohibition, there has been underground alternative media, a movement media, and anti-propaganda or Propaganda, all defending against the madness and lies that have always been synonymous with prohibitionist rhetoric and propaganda. From the writings of Allen Ginsberg and other beat generation writers and poets, to the underground comic of Art Crumb, Gilbert Shelton, and others, cannabis has remained infamous and nefariously at the forefront of alt-culture media. Pot is prevalent in the old publications of the Yippies, in musical references and recordings from the 1930s up to present day, in fact, some would say that the best music ever recorded was contrived and performed partly because of the mystical creativity-enhancing properties that cannabis produces when conditions are right. But perhaps the most powerful instruments in defense of and the promotion of the cannabis culture, spreading the lore of the global bohemian pop culture and fighting against the myths and distortions of prohibition, have been the magazines devoted solely to the cannabis culture industry and movement. Skunk Magazine is Canada's premier marijuana cultivation publication, published 10 times a year with additional grow specials. Skunk includes in-depth how-to instructions from expert growers such as The Rev and Ed Rosenthal culinary chemist Jessica Catalano on cooking with cannabis, Peter Gorman on politics, plus stories on the culture and politics of the times and more. John Brigados is the owner and editor of Skunk Magazine when he's not following baseball. He's speaking at a number of cannabis industry events such as the Emerald Cup and generally advancing the truths that we as cannabis enthusiasts embrace. John's taken time out to join me today in the vast virtual Hempresent Studio Complex. Welcome, John, to Cannabis Radio.
3: Thanks, man. That's, that's quite an intro. How do you remember all that?
1: <laughs> well, it's that one brain cell that I packed away uh, uh, in the 1970s. Still- John, I, I have kind of a standard uh, question that I always start with, and that is how were you introduced to cannabis? Were you always a true believer?
3: No, definitely not. I come from the, the hard drug world kind of thing. I was uh, I was an addict, active for, for a good 10, 15 years. And so for me, uh, growing up, I tried heroin before I tried cannabis, you know, and it was never, we never had much respect for cannabis because it didn't really do what the other stuff did. And then even when I started working at a previous magazine called Heads back then, mostly on graphic, on the graphic end, I still didn't buy in. You know, it took a lot to convince me because, I don't know, I didn't think of it as sacred like a lot of people thought. You know, I I did think that the choice to use it was sacred, but not the plant itself. But after covering so many stories in, in this, uh, in this movement, and seeing people that have helped like dramatically, like I, I became a believer. You know, and I think sometimes we become the best proponents, the ones that have to take convincing. Because uh, if we could have our minds changed, then we can be you know imperative in changing other people's minds. So no, the answer quickly was not. I wasn't a believer. I did use it as a kid, you know. But like Montreal being a port city, it was always hash back then. I think I saw my first cannabis joint probably when I was 16 years old. And by then I was, you know, I'd already tried everything else. So
1: what was it like starting a magazine about cannabis? What was the the motivation behind it? And and what was the launch like? Was there any pushback?
3: Like I said, I worked a couple of years with Heads, my partner. We started started off Skunk with three people. It was me, Tilly, and David Strange, who was the first editor of Skunk for the first couple of years, I believe. And in the beginning, it was because we were screwed over by the other magazine. We were promised if we uh, righted the ship for them, they were losing money. They they couldn't come out on schedule. And if we did that, we were promised shared. But as soon as we did that, they were nagged. So we said, screw this, we're out, and we're starting our own thing. In the beginning, all we wanted to do was was create a really good magazine. You know, we didn't really get into the politics of it, although we all felt prohibition was something that had to go, except we didn't believe that it was going to happen in our lifetime, you know. I thought, like, the, the pace of the last 10 years has been dizzying, you know, how because, uh, like, 10 years ago, I had no I, – I would have bet everything I had that we wouldn't see like, what we're seeing today. Might not be happy with a lot of it, but I didn't even think we'd see this.
1: You yourself were facing some charges in Canada for seed sales.
3: Yeah, well, yeah, we're facing charges of importation, possession, trafficking, uh, conspiracy – due to alleged seed sales here importing from uh, Europe. The trial is starting in earnest September 6th. That's when it starts for real. We've been under pretty much arrest for the last three years, you know, to the point, and it's been so challenging to the point where it's a miracle basically that Skunk still still exists right now, you know, because we've had to downsize the staff after the raids. We had a a 40-man federal raid on our offices and homes, and like I said, we're just starting the trial, It's and it seems very uh, surreal that we're doing this during a time when they, uh, our government has pledged to legalize here in Canada. It's like you're caught in some sort of Dali painting, right? Basically, they're they're looking at all the benefits and touting the benefits and seeing how they're going to do it, and meanwhile, you're facing charges based on the old laws that have been found unconstitutional many times, you know?
1: Like- so, you know, Justin Trudeau came in as the 23rd Prime Minister of Canada, he's... He's pro-legalization?
3: He's pro-corporatization, not so much legalization, I believe. Commoditization, right? Well, they have promised legalization. They stood up all uh, high and mighty at these latest UN rounds that were called to discuss specifically that. But the reality has been so far that their mantra is control, restrict, regulate, you know, kind of thing. And they want – they've set up a system here. I think – I don't know if it mirrors Washington's. But it's definitely not like California or Colorado where the average citizen can get in the game even though there might be constraints. Here it's a, it's – they're trying to – add wouldn't say a monopoly, but they're trying to treat it as if it's plutonium and has to be manufactured along the same guidelines like all the other pharmaceuticals, you know. Right. So they're trying to make it very, very difficult to enter. And if you had any part of the old regime, it's pretty much impossible, you know. And although right. uh, well, there are certain people that have done the crossover, it's still the domain of uh, – very wealthy people and like they're like they're cracking down on dispensaries here there have been raids throughout uh, throughout the country and but like you said in your intro there's been such a strong pushback that i think it's worked against them i think the people who have built this industry who have made cannabis you know uh, an everyday word who's put it on the collective conscious of consciousness of society are trying to be excluded you know but they're fighting back and the next year is going to be very interesting here the government of canada august 24th has to announce what they're going to do with the medical program which has been found to be unconstitutional uh, i think nearly a dozen times and you know after that we'll know what they intend to do with home grows because there's rumors there that they're trying to take those away as well or limit them to very very low uh, low plant counts
1: does your system of laws allow for citizens initiatives
3: i don't think so no it has to this this is something and I don't think an initiative, like there's petitions, people are petitioning the government every day. There's a task force that's been set up by the government to study the implementation of legalization. But it's, uh, although they say they will listen to the average citizen, you know, the task force contains nine people, seven of them probably who have made their living or livelihoods, or careers off of prohibition, like in the addiction fields, in the law enforcement fields, and in all these fields. One of them who's a doctor who I consider neutral He's he's using science and he's trying to to determine the benefits of cannabis, but he's not really a friend of the movement. And then there's one, there's Susan Boyd, a criminologist and author who's actually our, the only one that I would consider supportive. You know, maybe I'm being too harsh on the doctor. He has, he, he's an academic. You know, so he's not he's not part of our world, but at least he's somebody that that believes in the the benefits of cannabis. But the rest are basically cops, prison guards, addiction specialists, politicians. You know, and they're not like I think. That task force is there to to subdue the public kind of thing into saying they're doing the right thing, that they're taking care of this this problem. Like I said, they they, they treat it, I think, with more safeguards than plutonium. But in the end, I mean, I fear that this task force is just going to be more of the same, uh, keep it into very few hands, make it very restrictive, and and people can't grow at home. You can't even use it. Basically, now they're shutting down vapor lounges as well in Toronto, Ontario, as well as B.C., so that you can't use it at home, you can't use it in public, you can't use it in the, in the vapor lounge, you know. That
1: at, sounds like Washington State. <laughs> basically, the only place you'll be able to do
3: it is in your car, I think.
1: I'm speaking to John Vergados from Skunk Magazine. We're uh, going to take a quick pause for the cause because there's flaws and laws here. Word from our sponsors and advertisers. We are just getting started with the juiciest stuff, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
2: Time to roll out for the people that let us present. Hang loose. We're coming right back.
3: Play is Ted Growing, expelled botany sophomore and the biggest grower in town. Only on Weed Firm Replanted. Available on the App Store and Google Play.
2: It's a lot of work being the biggest grower in town. Maintaining a room full of plants while dealing with a slew of eccentric customers? From a hardcore partier... Or-
1: The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc.
0: <sighs> cash? Sorry. I don't carry around cash, and I don't want to use the ATM and pay surcharges. You don't need to carry cash.
1: Haven't you heard about
0: PayQuick? Okay. Tell me about PayQuick. It's the safe and easy way to pay. It works just like your debit card to securely pay for your purchase and gives you rewards points every time you use it. Nice. Pay Quick, the safe and easy way to pay.
1: P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com.
3: Tommy Chong Show on Cannabis Radio. You know, about this podcast, what I really want to do from now on is to solve world problems. I feel like my job is to calm everybody down and focus on how we can save this planet.
0: The Tommy Chunk Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com.
2: Welcome to my world. world, world, world. We're back to Hem Presents, only on Cannabis Radio, now back to our headstrong emperor of hemp Vivian McPeak.
1: And we are back on Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio with John Vergados from Skunk Magazine. John Skunk has got extensive forums where people connect online to discuss various topics. Can you tell me about the Skunk forums? How do people get involved?
3: All well, all they have to do is go to skunkmagazine.com, they'll see a link to the forums and they just sign up. There might be like a day waiting period while they get approved, but it's it's a pretty it's it's Basically, as old as Skunk, we started it right at the outset, and it's become a home to many growers. It's primarily a grow form, you know, uh, sort of like IC Mag, but it's, it's heavily focused on organics because we've had the rev for the last near decade. He's got his own little following of people that practice this method called true living organics, which is basically your plant, everything feeds each other, and then your plant takes from the soil what it wants. And, and we see this now being done on a big scale in California like a back-to-the-earth movement, sort of sustainable farming, no reliance on nutrients or chemical fertilizers or anything like that. It's mostly creating a soil, a super soil, of compost and teas and, and all natural items that will feed your plants. And it, it makes for the best-tasting, cleanest, smoothest uh, medicine. And if anybody's interested in organic growing, or even, even other areas of growing should, should log on. We've got hundreds of thousands of posts you'll find information on anything you, you'd like over there, you know, as well as some really cool people created some crazy genetics, you know, that you can take a look at there and you could probably procure somewhere else. You know? But Is that yeah, skunk, pretty accurate. Skunk,
1: Skunkmagazine.com?
3: Yeah, skunkmagazine.com and there'll be a little uh, link there to the forums. It's a good bunch. We have no rules kind of thing. I think we've only had one member banned forever just because he was just uh, slamming and being annoying. but. We believe that nothing gets censored, you know, uh, I let them police themselves kind of thing, you know, nice. and we don't have these power struggles and anything like that, you know, the, and the one member who was ever banned had to be like a, a collective vote kind of thing. So it's pretty democratic. Funny
1: thing happened on the way to the forum. <laughs>
3: uh,
1: tell me about some of your favorite skunk interviews. You've done some cool interviews. Any notable conversations throughout the years pop out in your head? Oh.
3: I got to say for sure Howard Marks, one of our heroes, kind of thing, and he was in one of the early, early issues, and where what it was hard to get people to interview. One recent one I did, which is now two parter because I discovered he talks a lot, but he's also quite compelling. That would be uh, Vivian McPeak. We ran uh, it
1: first. How'd you get that
3: week. guy? <laughs> uh, it started on the radio. Something <laughs> funny happened on the way to the radio. And now he's in two back to back issues because uh, we can wrap it up in one.
1: But, you guys are uh, pretty hard up.
3: Yeah. No, I think I think basically if there was a, if there was somebody that I could anoint leader of the cannabis movement that represented all the values that we should all try to uh, encompass, like embody, it's it would be you. Vivian. And that's not wow. smoke, and smoke. You know, that's that's sad. for sure. Even though I've never met you, like we said last time, I mean, I've never we've never met really. I've been to to HEMFest once, but but you never miss a beat. You know, you're always on the on the right side kind of thing. And that sometimes means taking no sides. And I kind of learned from you, you know?
1: Well, I've, i am tremendously honored. I don't, don't know what to say. That's, that's very kind of you, bro. Uh, it's not um, only shared uh, by well, me. And
3: we've I'll try to, I'll try to earn that. Yeah. No, you we... did. You've been there for 25 years and more, but what I did want to talk about is something that I probably should have shared with you earlier, but that skunk is about to transform right now with the help of my partner, Julie. Like I said, we were pretty much decimated after the raids revenue. We had to lay off staff and it's been a miracle and we lost a lot of advertising from, from Europe and Julie for the last two two years has brought us back to life kind of thing. But we've also come up with this new uh, vehicle that we're going to launch in Canada in September and in California in October called The Highway. It's basically a free mag because I wanted to – it's a consumer magazine. I think there's going to be a lot of new users with all this uh, you know, legalization coming about. And I want to present to them the best choices. So this is sort of, it's a free mag, but it's not like the typical ones you see that are just dispensary ads kind of thing. We want to, the same ethos we bring to Skunk, we want to bring to the highway and showcase the best companies, the best methods, so that consumers can make enlightened choices. And that's going to drop, like I said, in Canada in September and in California in October. And if it's successful in those two markets, then we plan to take it to many different areas because of the, the way legalization has come about, it's become very difficult to be a national magazine. There's all, it's all composed of local markets, you know, because of the state laws and everything. And I think the fight here in Canada merits uh, an instrument, a, a magazine that will represent the people that have been in the movement, that have that brought it here. We don't want people to forget because corporatization is trying to make the people who built this, like I said, and, and brought it to people's consciousness, is trying to make them into uh, villains here. And trying to exclude them from the process by branding them criminals or, or outlaws or whatever, you know. So we want to be that that place where they can still get the word out, you know. And we're very excited about that.
1: We used to see news reports here in the U.S. talking about a powerful new strain of Canadian marijuana called skunk that was bleeding across the border. <laughs> yeah, major, Did you guys ever hear those reports? Yeah, up in Canada, what did you think of them, and how did you choose the name Skunk for your magazine?
3: It was during conversation. We were branding out a whole bunch of names, but you know, in a sense, our existence or our birth was weird because we were looking more, less in Canada. I mean, we're, not, we're a Canadian magazine, but we're not considered really a Canadian magazine because most of our sales are in, are in the U.S., and at the time, we had a lot of sales in Europe. So Skunk is pretty much the name for uh, any cannabis in Europe. That's what they call it. like the same we call here, uh, like Kush or whatever, that was Skunk. So we we thought it was a good, edgy name because that's what we wanted it to be. We wanted it to be not the High Times, although I give them credit for, for starting all this stuff. We found them a little bit too safe. So we wanted it to be edgy. We we used to do interviews with dead people, a little bit more Mad Magazine meets uh, Maxim kind of thing in the cannabis world. So we thought Skunk was pretty fitting, you know. And uh, the other choice was, I remember, we were going to call it Th the harvester's choice, you know, THC, but that was quickly shot down as being too, uh, too obvious, you know? Fascinating. W- how,
1: how does it make you feel to see so many people rushing in to capitalize off the cannabis plant who were really nowhere to be found when the struggle to create an opportunity for this industry was taking place? Uh, it just seems like there's a, a, a green rush going on. And sometimes I personally, as much as I I realize it's got to happen, sometimes I come away with a sour taste in my mouth watching the way it's taking place. Do you have any thoughts on that?
3: Yeah, I do. I mean, it's inevitable, like you say. In some ways, it represents a good thing because it means more access. But I think if you could, if you would ask any farmer, even the, you know, and and I remember being up in Northern California, and I'd polled a whole bunch of farmers about how many had gone to prison. And it was about 75%, you know? And if you ask them what they think, they would say, we don't give a shit. We can compete with anybody as long as we're allowed to compete. Where my issue comes with all these new green rushers is that, you know, they're also the people lobbying government. They're also the people that are already connected kind of thing. So they try to create a playing field that's not fair in the sense that they get it all. And especially with what we see here in Canada. One of the biggest companies we have here, Tweed, Their founder is also one of the chief financial uh, fundraisers for the Liberal Party, you know. And it's no wonder that they get preferential treatment, Or although they, you know, they haven't broken the law. But it's very hard for anybody out who, who built this industry to get into it. I don't mind them, you know. Somebody's got to, you know, supply the Costco's of the world and all this stuff. But I want to protect the craft growers, the people that got us here. And, you know, it makes it more heartbreaking for me when these people are excluded. I don't mind them being there too much because... Chances are they won't be producing as good a product. They'll probably have better marketing. But, you know, the people in the know should always have that that chance to go to their craft grower. You know, the people that are growing organic medicine, that is better. But it gets to me, too, for sure. You know, like I I used to have such a – we just did the Lyft Expo here in Canada. And for five years before, it was more of a community kind of event. You know, medical patients and people that built this industry. And now, you know, I was looking around and it was all these new different people, slick you know, and it, it kind of sucked. You know, it meant we arrived, but you know, it's like we, we arrived at a destination that none of us wanted to come to, you know? So it's bittersweet. Yeah, it just
1: seems like, you know, we're, we're going to have to struggle to maintain this culture, this beautiful culture, as pop becomes mainstreamed and commoditized. And, you know, like they're going to turn into something like Budweiser or something. Yeah, that's
3: a reason that we're starting the highway, Vivian. I mean, I just, I still, I don't, as long as it's financially viable, I I want to pay tribute to the people like you. Not to, you know, not be a reporter for Budweiser buying a new cannabis factory, you know. I, I thought, you know, for a while there, with all this legalization, I thought that, you know, we didn't have a place anymore. And that was okay with me, you know. But now i see we're needed more than ever because people are trying to rewrite history with all these new people coming in and receiving preferential favorable treatment you know i don't want to see i don't want like bill gates announced that they're into the cannabis move like they're in the industry right now you know and i don't want microsoft to be the leading player in cannabis you know i want no to-
1: we don't want that i am talking to john Dergados from yes, magazine we're going to take another quick pause And hear a word from our uh, sponsors and advertisers come back with our final questions. So don't go anywhere.
2: Time to roll out for the people that let us present. Hang loose. We're coming right back.
0: Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Well, with four states with tax and regulate and the District of Columbia. The state of cannabis. Oh, my God. It's refreshing. We have people that generally wouldn't speak on behalf of cannabis for fear of retribution, fear of losing your practices, fear of, of many of those things, and, and find ourselves in a, a place that we finally can. Bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. The State of Cannabis. On demand anytime, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back to Hemp
2: Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak.
1: And we are back for the final segment of Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio with John Fragados from Skunk Magazine out of Canada. John, you've got your own radio show. Uh, can you talk about that quickly?
3: Well, it's, uh, it's on time for Hemp Network, although we're on, we're on hiatus right now as we've been preparing for the trial. It just got a little bit too busy to maintain. But, uh, you know, I'm hoping in September that they'll come to their senses and they might be in the mood to negotiate this thing away, you know, and then I intend to, to throw myself full force. But the truth is, I think we're taking the break for the summer you know, for the radio show. But then we'll be back. You know, it was very, it was fun doing. And we had a lot of eclectic guests from musicians to uh, to lawyers, you know, and I want to get back into it. But, you know, it just, uh, I think my bandwidth was just really exceeded. How
1: can people support you in this legal struggle?
3: I do have a fundraiser campaign called No Harm, No Crime. People can go up and donate because these are constitutional issues. And I've been quoted a price for this trial if it goes all the way upwards of $150,000, you know. And it's not something that we can really afford on our own, you know. And at the same time, they're coming after us at the company with very, very uh, heavy fines as well, which we're fighting. So there's, like a, there's fights all over the place. I think we have six lawyers for different areas because when they get you in their eye, they basically use whatever they have at their disposal. And for them, it's, uh, it's free. You know, for us, it's not. I mean, they can ruin you without, you can win and you can still be ruined. You know? but well, yeah. John,
1: I just I just want to, you know, say that, that we support you in every way we can. I, I've been a huge fan of Skunk since it first came out. You know, you guys are doing a great job. And I'm really sorry that you're having to deal with this prohibition bullshit. Give Julie my best. And thanks so much for being on the show. And I look forward to talking to you soon.
3: Thanks, man. I got one on my bucket list now. Thanks a lot, Vivian.
1: All right, bro. You take care. You too. And I want to get to a weekly feature of Hempresent on CannabisRadio.com, and that's the quote of the week, and here it is. I've never taken any drugs of any kind, never had a glass of alcohol, never had a cigarette, never had a cup of coffee. That's Donald Trump. That concludes this installment of Hempresent on Cannabis Radio. Email me at present at gmail.com. I want to thank my power peeps in the control room, Hannah and Brasco, all the cannabis radio sponsors and advertisers. Join me next week for some more cannabis confabulation and reefer repartee with some hempy hero on a journey to justice because when it comes to prohibition, you've got the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice, so find yours and speak up for justice, because resistance is fertile. Till then, my friends, stay strong, stand tall, and toke it easy. Don't forget to email me at hampresent at gmail.com. The hampresent theme song Take Back the Plants performed by Stickerbush and sung by a much younger version of myself. Turn up the music maestro. I'm out. Marijuana!